Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And here we go again. Hey, folks, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I hope you folks are having a great weekend so far. I know you queens out there are celebrating gay pride like it's like you haven't had one in a couple of years. Nothing wrong with that. I am certainly, I judge folks, of course, but I am not going to judge that. I actually remember going out a couple times during pride, but that was Man, that was a long time ago, except for those uh, the Pride festivals that I've gone to over the last couple of years. But going out like, you know, to a gay bar or what have you, that's been, I think, decades at this point. I just, it was fun back in the day. I mean, that was Atlanta in the mid-90s, and I was in my early to mid-20s back then. So I had a lot more patience for being stuffed into a bar. You know, you're packed person after person after person, just crammed in there. It was an act of Congress to get a drink. It was just... Now, I would consider that a nightmare, but back then it was like, ah, I am having so much fun. This is great. So you queens, if you're doing that, and I'm sure those bars are packed from coast to coast, if you queens are doing that, have fun. I will enjoy it, I guess, vicariously through you, because that is not my scene any longer. Speaking of pride, though, and before we go any further, White Boy Malcolm X, Nancy Pelosi, her twin eunuchs. Her twin gimps, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn. I know, folks, I know that Nancy is all set for gay pride. She already looks like a haggard drag queen, but we, folks, we have called on her to make her twin eunuchs dress up as the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Have we seen that, White Boy Malcolm X? Are either of them, and I know, folks, that you cannot unsee this visual, are either of them in those tight leather shorts with their harnesses their collars and their leashes and their ball gags. Any sighting, sir? None. Nancy? Nancy, now we have already talked about this, dear. If those two bozos that follow you around going, yep, 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 parroting everything you say, if those two clowns can put on the Kenty cloth, surely they can put on that outfit for gay pride. I don't know, folks. I... I tell you what, I uh, I don't know if they're down for the struggle. Nancy's kind of a fraud anyway, but we all know that. I don't even need to waste the breath complaining about that. We're going to go ahead and jump in right now. Folks, this is a bit of a programming note. We're going to try something a little different with this podcast. I'm going to try, and I know I am cursing myself when this comes out of my mouth, but we're going to aim for... 30 to 45 minutes on this podcast. We really want to kind of try to. We've been doing two, I don't know, hour and 15, hour and 30 minute podcasts each week. And we just need to, for now, for the next couple of months, pare that back just a bit. I still want to do two podcasts every week if I'm able to. 
But what we want to do is to kind of whittle them down a bit so they're easier to manage. So for this podcast, folks, our news quick hits, actually, when I started doing the news quick hits, I meant them as rapid fire, like here's the headline, here's a blurb, quick comment or two, on to the next one. And I think some of them are going like eight, 10 minutes each. So what I want to do with this one, we are going to start with our news quick hits here in a second, but I am going to try as best I can to make them as rapid fire as possible because I want to just see how that's going to work on a podcast. And if it sucks, hey, I will come on to the Wednesday podcast in a couple of days and go, yeah, that was an epic failure. Kind of like that crappy monologue I did a couple of weeks ago. But from that, I think we've gotten to a better place. So I want to just go ahead and play around with the format a little bit, see if we can shorten the podcast a little bit without screwing up what we're doing here. So let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits. And this first one is from ABC News. Kumo daughter shares queer identity. You are not alone. And here are a couple pull quotes with this. Michaela Kennedy Kumo. She must be related to one of the Kennedys because if you have one ounce of Kennedy blood in you, apparently, you've got to throw that Kennedy in there so everyone knows. And you Kennedys out there, I hate to break it to you, but that name does not have the vaulted status it once did a couple of decades ago. Let's face it, folks. Ginger Kennedy proved that. Before Ginger Kennedy came along, no person with the last name of Kennedy ever lost an election in the state of Massachusetts. Nowadays, people are like, meh, another dumb Kennedy. Who really gives a crap? They're all drunks and idiots anyway. We would rather have Tweedledum Markey representing us in the U.S. Senate than this stupid Ginger Kennedy. That is how low the Kennedy name has got. But apparently, Michaela has not gotten that memo. Anyway, I digress. Michaela Kennedy Kumo, the daughter of New York's governor, that feckless idiot, used a social media post Thursday to share her queer identity and call for allies to speak up against homophobia. White boy Malcolm X. Now, I know that I am a bad gay. In fact, folks, I am America's most beloved self-loathing homosexual. But what exactly is queer? Is that like a catch-all? Is that like the plus white boy Malcolm X? If I say queer, does that cover me instead of saying LGBTQ plus? You think, well, I'm not going to Google that stupid crap. I'm going to work with that. How does that sound, folks? If you hear me say queer, it's just a lot easier than saying LGBTQ plus. So we'll just say queer from now on. I think maybe I'll probably go back and forth, try it on for size, kick the tires, that sort of thing. But in any case, I assume, folks, that she is saying that she, a half-wit Kennedy Kumo, you want to talk about a bad mix of genes. I mean, that is stupid blended with dumb. If there ever was a mix of genes like that, Kennedy Kumo is it. But she is in the tribe, apparently. And folks, it gets better. To those who are contending with a compulsive heterosexuality, our society force feeds us an innate attraction beyond cishet folks, Please know that you are not alone, the 23-year-old wrote on Instagram. Today I stand by my queer identity with pride, and in memory of those who came before me, I stand indebted to the activists who fought for my right to love and happiness. So she is saying, if I get this right, White Boy Malcolm X, she is saying that society compulsively feeds, force feeds rather, excuse me, 
force feeds compulsive heterosexuality. Did I get that right, sir? Right, but she's wrong. No, I totally, I get that. I know she's completely wrong. I think, in fact, that that is what they call gaslighting. Not as good as the communist Chinese do, not as good as the mainstream media does, but Michaela Kennedy Cuomo, let's face it, folks, she already started with a super low IQ with that gene pool intermixed. She was already not the brightest bulb in the shop by any stretch of the imagination. But she is gaslighting or trying to gaslight us if she is saying that society is force-feeding us compulsive heterosexuality. There was a story, and I didn't print it out, folks, and it was from Outspoken, I believe, but don't quote me on that, and it was about Blue's Clues, and they had a cartoon for children with transgender and non-binary characters running about in it. I don't know how many stories we've had out there where the woke folk, the queer woke folk out there, are force-feeding. Michaela, you want to talk about force-feeding anything. Look at what they're trying to teach these four, five, and six-year-old kids about gender identity. And you've got, oh, kids, you've got all these different choices. You don't have to be a boy or a girl. You can be all sorts of other things. And you can have your own special pronouns. And you know what? If you're a little boy and you feel like a little girl, that's okay. Even if you're four years old, you want to be Susie and your name is Timmy? Hey, we'll work with that. We'll talk to your parents. We'll browbeat the crap out of them if they open their mouth against it. It's okay. I mean, I don't know what planet this idiot is on if she thinks that society is force-feeding anyone compulsive heterosexuality. White boy Malcolm X, do you feel, sir? Now, I know that you are a queen just like me, and I don't feel force-fed about heterosexuality. If anything, I am really tired, folks. Here comes another token queen in a commercial or a TV show or a movie. It's like, ah, God, have we really been reduced to this? Now I know why the BIPOC folk complain when they always have the token black around. But sir, anyway, to my point, do you feel like you are being force-fed compulsive heterosexuality? No way. Okay. I just, now I am America's most beloved self-loving homosexual. So I figured it could have just been me. Maybe I am the only queen out there who does not feel like I am being force-fed this garbage, but apparently you don't feel that way either. And see, folks, that's what the gaslighting does. It makes you think, huh, I don't see it, but maybe I'm the crazy one. No, Michaela Kennedy Kumo is just a complete moron. So it actually is her, folks. It's not us. From the LGBTQ nation. Oh, white boy Malcolm X, and you folks out there, by the way, this is a pretty gay episode. <laughs> I think we've got like... Tons of gay stuff, but true to form, we're going to keep the format. Gay at the front, smoking gun at the back when we get to our news stories. But in our news quick hits, I think we've got five stories. Four of them are gay. And how's this one from LGBTQ Nation? Ricky Martin is still traumatized from the time Barbara Walters, speaking of stupid, tried to out him in 2000. And here are a couple pull quotes with that. Ricky Martin said that he's still traumatized by the time Barbara Walters asked him about his sexuality when he was still deep in the closet. When she dropped the question, I felt violated. Violated, folks, because I was not just ready to come out. I was very afraid, Martin told people, referring to a 2000 interview with Walters. There's a little PTSD with that. 
Now, I know, folks, that I have to tread very, very, very lightly here because you pick on Ricky Martin, that could get you your gay card stripped like, like that. So I have to behave myself when I open my mouth about this. But white boy Malcolm X, is Ricky Martin that frail a human being? And don't answer that. I don't even want to hear what you have to say. It's a rhetorical question. Is he that frail? that he is 21 years later, he is still traumatized by the question that Barbara Walters asked him. Not only is he still traumatized, folks, he felt violated at the time, and he has, 21 years later, he is suffering PTSD over a question because he wanted to hang out in the closet. Kind of like Harry Styles. Harry, at least, he's peeking his head out of the closet. Hello, hello. Can I come out now? Can I come out now? No, I like the closet. I'm going to stay in. Ricky, folks, Ricky wouldn't even get near the closet door. He was so far in the back of that closet, he was behind the shoes, tucked way in the back. You could barely hear him really muffled. Hello, hello. I don't want to come out. I don't want to get anywhere near the door. Nobody's here in the closet. There's no one behind the shoes. There's not a queen behind the shoes. No one's in the closet. Goodbye. Barbara, folks, Barbara comes to the closet door, which is, let's face it, it is locked It is triple bolted. It is nailed shut. That was Ricky Martin at the time. And she's like, she's knocking on the door. You know, he is still tucked in behind the shoes. Nobody's home. Go away. There's nobody here. There's not a queen in the closet. Barbara's not going to take that. She knocked again. Even louder, folks. Nobody's here. Please go away. Nobody's here. Nobody's tucked behind the shoes. I hope he gets over that PTSD. That would be horrible, White Boy Malcolm X. I mean, folks, he is going on tour with Enrique Iglesias. And the last thing the queens that are buying tickets to that show need is him having PTSD and traumatized and feeling violated. That could possibly screw up a first-class performance if he's got the PTSD and he is still thinking about Barbara Walters banging on that closet door. Please go away. There's nobody here. You know, he's in the background. Hysterical, folks. Hysterical in the closet. Traumatized and violated. Because Barbara Walters was banging on that closet door as loud as she did. I think him being gay, White Boy Malcolm X, and you correct me, sir, correct me if I am wrong, but I think him being gay was probably the second worst kept secret in Hollywood. Second only, folks, to Kevin Spacey. When I lived in L.A. from 2004 to 2009, everyone in the industry knew that Kevin Spacey, he was kind of like a high school teacher. I'm no, 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 no. I'm no, 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 no. Teacher bait, teacher bait, teacher bait. He was kind of like a high school teacher, but Kevin liked them legal. That was what was going on around Hollywood at the time. I heard quite a few stories. I'm not going to share them because I don't know if they're true. I guess I just don't know why Ricky is so traumatized. I swear, though, White Boy Malcolm X, if Harry Styles pulls this shtick, crying about the trauma associated with coming out of the closet, if he does that, White Boy Malcolm X, I am going to lose it. From National Review, 71% of Democrats say healthy Americans should still stay home as much as possible. Hmm, not surprised there. Let's find out more. For the first time since the start of the pandemic, a majority of Americans believe that healthy people should return to normal rather than stay home. Since March 2020, Gallup has been asking what advice they think is better for people who have no COVID-19 symptoms. And folks, This is what they asked. They gave you two choices. Number one, 
to stay home as much as possible to avoid contracting or spreading the coronavirus. Or, or folks, to lead their normal lives as much as possible and avoid interruptions to work and business. This May, the return to normal crowd finally became a majority, with 56% in favor and 44% saying people will be better off staying home. There is a substantial partisan divide on the advice question, with 87% of Republicans versus 64% of independents and 29% of Democrats recommending people should strive to lead their normal lives. Conversely, 71% of Democrats believe people should stay home as much as possible, although this is down from 85% in April. So I guess the keep it all locked down, man, that crowd is still a sizable chunk of the population. 71% of Democrats, even if folks, even if you have no COVID-19 symptoms, 71% of Democrats still want you to keep your butt at home. It's probably, if I had to guess, it's probably those folks who are still getting those supplemental unemployment checks. Those folks, apparently a good bit of them, they make more sitting their butts at home doing nothing than they ever did at their crappy job. So I suspect anytime a pollster asks, do you think people should go back to work? They're probably the first to say, hell no. Why would anyone want to do that? No, everyone should stay home. They should stay home forever. We should just lock ourselves in our houses forever. Why? Because the idiots who are going back to work get to foot the bill for those clowns to sit their butts at home. From the advocate, man, this is definitely a gay podcast, White Boy Malcolm has gone. <laughs> Chastin Buttigieg slams RNC chair over pride tweet. Uh-oh, Chastin Buttigieg is back, folks. Let's find out what that queen is up to. The husband of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Chastin Buttigieg, criticized the leader of the Republican National Committee over the GOP's platform and LGBTQ rights. RNC chairwoman Rona McDaniel began a tweet Wednesday with Happy Pride Month. Buttigieg responded to the tweet calling out the Republican Party's platform, as well as McDaniel's comment on religious views. Those with deeply held religious beliefs are often the parents who force their LGBTQ children out of the home and onto the street. I've met with those kids. 40% of homeless youth in this country are LGBTQ, he wrote. Revisit your party's platform before you open your mouth about pride. And the queens, folks, I gotta say, the queens, not just those girls over at The Advocate, but on a number of the gay news websites, they are all a gaga about Justin Buttigieg, that low-rank queen from Indiana. They are all excited about how he slapped down Rona McDaniel. Oh. He just served that evil Republican. He served her up some good snark. You go, Chastin. I guess, White Boy Malcolm X, I guess they are still butthurt over the fact that I think about a third of gay people voted for Donald Trump. Roughly, within a couple of percentage points, I did not bother to pull the number up, but it's a pretty high number for a minority group. Just like some of the BIPOC folk, Trump got huge support in the Latino and black communities. And, and if you are a snooty white liberal out there, Latinx, the Latinx community, a good number of them voted for Trump as well. I'm sure, though, white boy Malcolm X, I'm sure he had a grand gay old time over at the Buttigieg household when he saw all that fawning media coverage in the gay press. Pete, Pete, 
Did you see all the coverage of me and The Advocate and all the other gay websites? Yes, Chaston. That was really funny how you slapped down that evil Republican woman, Rona McDaniel. You got her good. Oh, I just love being snarky on Twitter. It's just so much fun. I love calling them out because I know that Jack Dorsey is never going to suspend me for being nasty to someone. I love talking down to people, knowing there are no consequences. It's so much fun. Yes, Chaston, I'm sure it was a lot of fun for you. I am so happy about all this positive news coverage. I am not even going to bring up today, Pete. I am just not even going to go there about how creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer is still talking to those evil, nasty Republicans about an infrastructure plan that does not meet my needs. Yes, Chaston, I have told creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer and Queen Kamala how displeased you are and how uncomfortable it is in this household because you are not happy. Excuse me? You told them what? I told them you were very displeased. But displeased does not even come close to how unhappy I am over a lack of infrastructure plans for me to remodel gay bars in Washington, D.C. and the state of Indiana. Displeased is not the word I would have used. If I were going to use the word displeased, Pete, I would say something like this. I am displeased that you wear cheap suits all the time. I am displeased that you feel like you've got to ride that stupid bike one block to show everyone how green you are. Everyone knows, Pete. Everyone knows that you don't even bother to recycle. And that displeases me as well, Pete. But nothing, nothing displeases me more, Pete, than having to take your cheap suits over to the dry cleaner to get dry cleaned all the time. And, Pete, and I got to hit all those damn potholes on the way over there. That is displeasing to me, Pete. Not the fact that creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer and Queen Kamala aren't fighting for my $2.25 trillion infrastructure money so I can remodel gay bars in Washington, D.C. and the state of Indiana. Chaston, that is not what I said. Well, that is what I heard. That is not what I said. Well, that's what I heard. And now I am so displeased, Pete. I am so displeased, I am going to go lock myself in the bathroom. Goodbye. Whoa. Sorry, folks. I, I did not realize. I thought they were going to get along this time. How embarrassing that we had to jump in and listen to the Buttigieg girls, and they still wound up in a fight wipe by Malcolm X. I thought with Chastin Buttigieg, that low-ranked queen from Indiana, with him getting all that fawning media coverage, I thought they could surmount any potential argument. But no, I guess, folks, I, I guess they didn't. I'm sorry. I, I did not mean to uh, pop in there and hear them arguing again. I'm trying to avoid that. I really am, folks. I really am trying to avoid listening to them argue. But I guess they argue a lot. It's hard not to. Speaking of them arguing, though, I probably should not even bring up this next article in case either of them are listening to this podcast, but it's from Tal Road. And how is this headline? Second gentleman pops in D.C. LGBTQ bars to support Pride Vax pop-up. I probably should just skip that story because we do not want to talk about unremodeled gay bars in Washington, D.C. Even if Second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, and I assume, folks, if he is the second gentleman, he is married to Queen Kamala. But I guess he went to a couple of rundown, dumpy gay bars in Washington, D.C. that have yet to be remodeled in any way, shape, or form using infrastructure funds. But he was out there helping those queens get their COVID shots so they can go out and party and worry about catching something other than the COVID. So that story, done. Next story, last story in our News Quick Hits, White Boy Malcolm X. That is how quick these are. This is from Pink News. Kate Spade, New York, releases chic and colorful collection for Pride 2021 
in aid of the Trevor Project. And here are a couple full quotes there. Kate Spade, New York, has released a chic and colorful collection to celebrate Pride Month. Featuring rainbow apparel and accessories, the range from Kate Spade, New York, stands for optimism and joy. Kate Spade, New York, has also confirmed that 20% of the net profits from the sale of the collection will be donated to the Trevor Project to support the mental well-being of LGBT plus youth. So for you queens out there keeping score of who is down for the LGBTQ plus struggle or the queer struggle, if we want to go back to Michaela Kennedy Kumo, not that we want to go back there, but Apple folks is selling for their Apple Watch. They are selling the LGBTQ plus band, the woke version. So not only do you get the usual rainbow colors, but you also get the black and the brown in there as well. You have Kellogg's. They are selling a gay glitter cereal for all you queens out there to stuff your faces with. After Pride is over, I know how you girls like to watch your calories when you're out there dancing shirtless. You don't want any other queen to judge you for getting fat during COVID. So you're going to save that sugar calorie bomb for After Pride when you can put your shirt back on. And folks, let us not forget Lego. They've got that environmentally destructive playset, that rainbow playset that requires them to pump oil out of the ground to produce the plastic and to chop a bunch of trees down to make the cardboard that the stupid toy goes into. So that Lego set that helps to destroy the environment, that is also on sale. And now we've got Kate Moss with her chic and colorful collection. So they are down for the queer struggle, folks, but they are also down to make huge bank from you folks for buying their crap. At least I have to give Kate Spade New York a little bit of credit. She is giving back. I don't know what 20% of her net profits are going to be. I'm sure she's got good accountants. I'm sure they can hide a lot of those profits. I'm sure that check to the Trevor Project, they probably could have just handed them that in an envelope. Not that those professional gays at the Trevor Project would not appreciate an envelope full of cash. They can go down to a gay bar and use that to buy their overpriced cocktails. But that is a story for another day. So Kate, we can add her to the list of those companies, those woke queer companies, out to make bank, white boy Malcolm X. Okay, folks, our news quick hits are over. I'd like to think that they were relatively quick, but our news pile only has three stories, so I'm figuring in maybe an hour. No, we're going we're gonna to try to fly through these as well. This first one, though, is from Queerty. Those queens over at Queerty are back, and so is, just like Herpes, Ronan Rubenstein, our favorite bisexual here on the Miller Frost Show. Yes, White Boy Malcolm X, our favorite bisexual. And how is this headline, folks? Actor Ronan Rubenstein reveals how his girlfriend figured out he's bisexual. I suspect it's because he smelled like another man, but (laughs) I don't know. Let's find out more. Actor Ronan Rubenstein currently stars as gay firefighter T.K. Strand in Ryan Murphy's series 911 Lone Star. Back in April, he came out as bisexual in an interview with Variety. I fully identify as bisexual, he said at the time. I literally just got goosebumps saying that. It feels so good to talk about it. It feels so good to finally be comfortable with it. Well, at least he's got the drama queen part of being uh, bisexual. He's got that down pretty pat. 
I mean, how many millennial celebrities have come out of the closet, White Boy Malcolm X, and they're all like, oh, oh, Jesus Christmas, that was so brave of me. I, I'm just getting the vapors. Oh, it was so hard to come out, but oh, okay, I'm here. I'm here. I'm out of the closet. Oh, I am so, oh, oh, dear, dear, dear. Oh, be still my beating heart, you know. Be still my beating heart. Oh, Here's another one who's the struggle. And folks, let's face it. Being a bisexual is not really a high bar. And why? Because a bisexual will do anyone, right? This clown is getting goosebumps for hitting a low bar. I wonder, though, White Boy Malcolm X, I wonder if he is expecting a participation trophy for coming out of the closet, just like T.J. Osborne, that country star that got butthurt when the state of Tennessee did not recognize how hard it was for him to come out as being gay. Now, in an exclusive interview with People... The 27-year-old is talking about how his girlfriend, actress Jessica Parker Kennedy, bless her heart, reacted to the news and the way coming out has helped to strengthen their relationship. Rubenstein says he revealed his sexuality to Kennedy during the first season of 911 Lone Star after he filmed a love scene with his co-star on-screen boyfriend Rafael Silva. While watching the scene together, Rubenstein says Kennedy just sort of figured it out. <laughs> Again, bless her heart. She turned to him and asked, is there something we should talk about? I said yes, he recalls. It was the most supportive kick in the ass to come out. Sometimes it can be a lot to lay that on your partner. It's not the easiest transition, but she handled it beautifully and respectfully. Her support was all that I needed. He adds, she keeps me grounded and she keeps me here in the moment. With her, it's just been a beautiful next chapter in our relationship She's my rock. I truly understand what that means now. And I'm not going to read any more. God. Why, boy, Malcolm X? I just, no, I'm not going to do a reenactment, but I just want to make sure that I understand this. So he plays a gay guy on 911 Lone Star, this bisexual, this lazy bisexual, and he has a gay love scene with Rafael Silva. And so after they film that, he's at home with his girlfriend, Jessica Parker Kennedy, And I suspect, folks, he was probably like, baby, I just filmed a gay love scene for Reno 911. (laughs) Sorry, 911 Lone Star. Probably the same damn thing. Baby, I did that with Rafael Silva. Would you like to watch me having sex with another man? And she's probably like, what the crap? He wants me to watch him bang another guy or get banged by another guy? I don't even know who the bottom is here. And then, folks, she probably started looking around the house going, Are there any Gwyneth Paltrow vagina-scented candles in this house? Because if there's one sitting around here, he is definitely into men. So those two sit down, White Boy Malcolm X. Hey, I guess, folks, I'm sorry. I guess I'm kind of doing a reenactment, but I'm just trying to walk through, think through what went on here. So those two sit down, and he puts it on, and she's watching him. Folks, I haven't seen the series. I haven't seen the scene. I don't know what the hell's going on. Apparently, those two are making out. And I don't know if they were showing anything graphic to know who the top or the bottom was, but she probably was like, he looks really into that. And I know my boyfriend, Ronan Rubenstein, he couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. I'm not sure that's acting. So she turned to him and was like, do we need to talk about something? I can see him sitting there, white by Malcolm X with a tissue, like crying. It's such a touching scene. Oh, oh. We were making love, you know, like that. And she's like, what the hell? Man, I got a closet case queen for a boyfriend. Holy crap. This is going to be embarrassing. And he was just like, yeah, hey, baby, yeah. I'm actually uh, 
I'm not totally into that, but man, I like that. So I guess I'm bisexual. And she's probably thinking, ah, that's the dumbest out I've ever heard. And I don't disagree with that sentiment, folks. And you ladies out there, if your man comes to you and says, baby, I got to tell you something. And you're like, what? And he says, baby, I think I'm bisexual. Ladies, number one, he has probably already banged a guy. At least one, probably a couple. Number two, that's what he likes to do full-time. That's what he would prefer to do full-time. He's just easing into it. Jessica Parker Kennedy is going to wind up this year's Emma Portner. No, I take that back. This year's second Emma Portner. And if you don't know who Emma Portner is, that is Elliot Page's wife or soon-to-be ex-wife, or maybe they got a real quickie divorce and and now Emma is the ex-wife. But poor Emma, just to recap, poor Emma, when Ellen became Elliot, she went out there and was like, I support Elliot, and I think this is great, and this is wonderful, and yes, I am here to support Elliot through this transition. And what did Elliot do? He served her divorce papers, folks. He was like, what the hell am I doing married to a lesbian? That's not my thing anymore. Here you go, Emma. Out the door you go. Which is what, folks, when I first read about Ronan Rubenstein being bisexual, I just assumed that that was what was going to happen, that he was going to be like, honey, you know what? That whole bisexual thing, eh, that was a phase. <laughs> kind of like Demi Lovato, right? How many phases has that chick gone through? She was a heterosexual woman. Then she came out as pansexual, and now she is non-binary with her they-them pronouns. She's in a couple reboots. I can easily see, folks, I can easily see Ronan Rubenstein doing the exact same thing. Honey, I'm bisexual. She's like, ah, what a low bar, whatever. Then he comes out, baby, you know what? I actually like doing that as a full-time job, so I'm out of here. Which is why, folks, I told Jessica Parker Kennedy to dump his ass before he turned her into Emma Portner Part 2. But... Now that I have had time to think about this white boy Malcolm X and you folks out there, he's talking about her. Man, that woman is my rock. She is what grounds me, right? He is really selling her up huge. It could be, folks. It could be that she's like, you know what? I really don't give a crap if he's out there getting banged by half of L.A. I just, you know, whatever, right? And he goes out and he does that. He goes to a bunch of legs in the air party and stuff, and he gets to come home, and she's like, baby, why don't you go to sleep? Here's some aspirin. Here's some Pedialyte, whatever, helping him through his gay party phase. But at some point, folks, that rock who's sitting there putting up with him, going out all the time, probably getting banged by half the gay guys in L.A., you know, she's probably babysitting his ass when he's coming and going like that. If he doesn't dump her because he found some queen who can fill her place and And he can tap the queen at the same time so he doesn't have to split duties. He has the gay guys for the fun. He's got the rock at home to take care of him and babysit him. If he doesn't find someone who checks both boxes, I can see White Boy Malcolm X where she eventually gets to the point where she's like, why the hell am I babysitting this stupid queen, letting him run out and getting banged by half the queens in L.A.? Why am I sitting here putting up with this? Maybe she's the one, folks. Maybe she's the one that eventually dumps him. Honey, I love you, and I can put up with so much, but I'm exhausted by you being a circuit party queen. I'm out of here. So Jessica, dump him. One way or the other, dump him before he dumps you. From the New York Post, 
New York City shrink tells Yale audience she fantasizes about shooting white people in the head. Wasn't it Wednesday's podcast, White Boy Malcolm X, we had that hysterical white millennial chick crying her white women's tears? Boo! Boo! She was crying and complaining, folks, about how white people didn't know what discrimination was like. And at the time, I said, do you know how beat up Whitey has been for the past year? And now, folks, yet again, another in a long, 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 long line of BIPOC folk trashing Whitey. This one, kind of like that stupid chick on a college campus. And yes, folks, I know that's redundant. That chick was calling for the extermination of white people. This stupid chick, folks, this one just wants to shoot Whitey in the head. Oh, but there's no racism against white people out there. How dare you say that? You white folks out there, you don't know racism. This chick just says she wants to shoot you in the head. That's not racist at all. You people are the racist out there. Let's find out more about this one. A New York City-based psychiatrist told an audience, and yes, folks, who are the biggest nuts in New York City? The psychiatrist told an audience at the Yale School of Medicine in April that she had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way. Dr. Aruna Kilanani, and Dr. Aruna, you nut job in New York, I hope I am not butchering your name. Please do not come and shoot me in the head for doing it if I am. Anyway, Dr. Aruna, that's just what we'll call her, Dr. Aruna spewed the race-hating virtual remarks in which she also said she'd walk away from the shooting with a bounce in my step and that white people make my blood boil and are out of their minds and have been for a long time at the Ivy League Institution's Child Study Center April 6th. Dr. Aruna opened her remarks by telling the audience, I'm going to say a lot of things, and it will probably provoke a lot of responses, and I want you to just maybe observe them in yourself. She then added prayers up for DMX, whatever that means, before discussing what she described as the intense rage and futility people of color purportedly feel when talking to white people about racism. We are calm, we are giving, too giving, and then we get angry. They use our responses as confirmation that we're crazy or have emotional problems, Kilanani said. It always ends that way, happens every time, like a G-damn timer. And folks, she just didn't say G-damn, you can count it down. Nothing makes me angrier than a white person who tells me not to be angry because they have not seen real anger yet, she said, before talking about how she systematically cut off most of her former white friends around five years ago. Later in the talk, Kilanani claimed that conversing with white people about racial issues was useless because they are at the wrong level of conversation. White people are out of their minds, and they have been for a long time, White people feel that we are bullying them when we bring up race, she said. They feel we should be thanking them for all they have done. They are confused, and so are we. And folks, we're almost done with this stupid chick's ranting. One more paragraph. We keep forgetting that directly talking about race is a waste of our breath, Kilanani continued. We are asking a demented, violent predator. And yes, folks, she is actually complaining about someone else being a demented, violent predator after talking about wanting to shoot white people in the head, who thinks that they are a saint or a superhero to accept responsibility. It ain't gonna happen. I have to tell you, folks, my first thought when I read this was what I normally think when I read these kind of articles. Man, this stupid psycho chick hates, 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 hates white people. And clearly she does, folks, because she wants to shoot white people in the head. And she's talking about she's gonna do it, 
and she is going to walk away with a spring in her step, having shot Whitey, probably right there in the face. But then I started thinking, folks, and I'm sitting there going, Dr. Aruna Kilinani, where does she live, folks? She lives in New York City. Who is in New York City? White liberals. Tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of white liberals. That city has maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 Republicans in the whole town. And let's face it, folks, they are hiding in the closet worse than Ricky Martin back in 2000. That's how far in the closet those Republicans in New York are. They are like way, way, way back in the closet. If you're thinking Ricky Martin is behind the shoes, those Republicans are behind Ricky Martin. Not that he would complain. It's like, oh, there's a man behind me. That's wonderful. So Dr. Aruna here is bashing white people, and the only white people around are white liberals. So when she complains about being frustrated, talking to Whitey about race, she's talking about white liberals. And what do we know about white liberals, folks? First off, they hate themselves for being white. This we know. How many articles have we had on this podcast with Whitey bashing Whitey? They hate themselves and they hate other white people. Ah, white people suck. I hate myself for being white. But we know, folks, we know that's just shtick to show how woke they are. They love to talk about how woke they are, but when push comes to shove, they are actually not, for the most part, going to inconvenience themselves to be woke. And on top of that, white liberals have a smugness about them. They are superior to any other white person out there because they love to act woke. They're not racist. No, how dare you accuse them of racism? All those morons in flyover country, all those morons with their MAGA hats on, those are the racist. I'm a good liberal. I'm a good white liberal. I love the BIPOC folk out there. This is why, folks, this is why the BIPOC folk, they are starting to catch on to whitey, white liberals, that is. That's why you have BIPOC folk complaining about white savior complex. We have had more than one of those articles where a BIPOC folk starts complaining about Whitey the do-gooder who's really just a fraud. This chick, they feel that we should be thanking them for all that they have done for us. They are confused and so are we. So I'm sure that Dr. Aruna, who has gotten rid of all her white friends, she was probably talking to a white liberal and the white liberal's like, I have done so much for the BIPOC folk. I have shown how I am down for the struggle. You know what I did? I put a Black Lives Matter sign in my yard. That was really great of me. And she's probably like, you're a nut and a racist and you talk down to us. You treat us like a bunch of freaking children. Oh, no, no, no. I, I love the BIPOC folk. I want to defund the police. And she's probably like, yeah, because you live in a lily white neighborhood and you don't get to see the destruction that you cause with those stupid ideas. And let's not forget, folks, there is one thing that the BIPOC folk hate, 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 hate more than the white savior complex. Do you want to make a guess, white boy Malcolm X, what the BIPOC folk hate more than whitey with his white savior complex? White women's tears. Very good, sir. Oh, boo, boo, social injustice. Boo, I'm down for the struggle. Boo. White women. Hysterical millennial Gen Z white women, these stupid chicks, they love to loot, riot, burn, have a grand gay old time in the inner city, show that they are down for the struggle. They drag their dopey boyfriends in. And why do they come into town with these hysterical white chicks? Because they want a blowjob later that day. And that's the only way she'll agree to do it is if he goes and riots, loots, burns, has a grand gay old time. 
And if she doesn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a non-binary partner, what is she doing? She's probably banging a black guy or two just to piss off mommy and daddy in the suburbs. But they go down there, they create all this chaos, boo, as they're crying their white women's tears. And then they go back to their lily white suburbs and leave the chaos and the mayhem to the folks that actually live there. And so, folks, normally I would get upset with Dr. Aruna Kilanani, but in this case, I can't blame her. Not that I am advocating for violence, don't get me wrong, but I can't blame her for wanting to shoot Whitey in the head because she is surrounded by dopey white liberals who are nothing but a bunch of frauds at the end of the day. Oh, I love the BIPOC folk. They're so great. Let me put a BLM sign in my window. It's like some of the white people in my neighborhood. They love the BLM signs. They are all down for the struggle. I guarantee to you folks, the second anyone proposed putting in some sort of subsidized housing community in their neighborhood, they are going to lose their crown. That's what kind of frauds they are. They are down for the struggle as long as it does not inconvenience them. So Dr. Aruna, I feel your pain, honey. I really do feel your pain. Please do not shoot the white people though. That, I think, dear, that is a bridge too far. Okay, folks, it is time for our last story. And my apologies, White Boy Malcolm X. I completely forgot to give you the two-story warning. We are down to our last story. Yes, it is a smoking gun story. Yes, it is in Florida. And how is this headline? McDonald's drive through invader is busted, jailed. So instead of that nutty woman at the Burger King we are now going to McDonald's. Let's find out more about that. After causing a disturbance at the drive through window, a McDonald's customer broke the window and crawled through the opening into the restaurant where he attacked a female manager, according to Florida police. Investigators say that Michael Jordan, 33, two things, folks. Number one, no, not that Michael Jordan. And two, Michael spells his name M-Y-C-H-A-E-L. Michael Jordan. Don't ask, I don't know. But picking back up, was asked to leave the premises of the Pinellas Park Eatery around 4 a.m. Sunday following a flap at the 24-hour drive-thru. But instead of departing McDonald's, Jordan, who lives two miles from the restaurant, broke the drive-thru window, crawled in through the window, and grabbed and pushed the 53-year-old employee. When cops subsequently confronted Jordan, he allegedly fought with three officers and was tased multiple times with no effect, according to an arrest affidavit. All three officers suffered scrapes and cuts during the struggle with Jordan, who allegedly spit on the Pinellas Park Police Department cops. That, folks, that was the sentence from hell for Plosis. So I had to be very, very, very careful with my P's and my D's in that one. I think I did it white by Malcolm X. But anyway... Jordan showed an indication of drug influence, police note. Jordan was arrested and charged with four felonies. He got four felonies in Florida, folks. Damn. Burglary with assault or battery and three counts of resisting police with violence. He is locked up in lieu of, and this, folks, has to be a record in the state of Florida, a $155,000 bond. Damn. Jordan's rap sheet... Because, folks, let's face it, this is nowhere near his first time at the rodeo. Includes convictions for disorderly conduct, carrying a concealed weapon, marijuana possession, resisting officers without violence, cocaine possession, cocaine sales, and battery on a law enforcement officer. 
He loves to punch Popo, folks. Jordan served about 18 months in state prison following one of his narcotics convictions. So white boy Malcolm X, if I may, sir, and you folks out there, if I may, I just want to do a, since we do want to have a short podcast-ish, I want to do a relatively quick rundown of what I think happened here. Because let's face it, folks, there are a couple parts of the story where I'm just not quite sure what I think happened or what did happen. So I just like to talk through it to see if I can piece together what I think occurred that night in Florida. So folks, you have Michael Jordan. No, he is not the basketball player. He is Michael Jordan with the dash. And folks, you've got at the McDonald's, you probably have a couple of employees around. You definitely have the manager, a female manager, because she was the one that was assaulted. She probably has an employee with her. If she's the manager, she's got to be managing someone. So she's got an employee there. Besides, she can't do the drive through and make the French fries at the same time. But for the purposes of this story, it's just her and the employee. She's managing the drive through She's getting the sodas. This guy or this gal, this non-binary folk in the back of the kitchen, they are doing the burgers and all the other crap. She's managing the front. So at 4 a.m. on Sunday, it's kind of quiet there. They're just kind of hanging out. I have no doubt, folks, that the manager and the employee, they're probably just chit-chatting up a little bit. Manager turns to the employee and says, what do you think about all this craziness about Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform versus a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform? What do you think about all this crazy? The employee's like, I don't know what to think. People are literally going nuts over this. I can't believe the number of news stories where people are getting into fisticuffs over this choice. The manager's like, I totally agree. It was like that nutty wedding dress. Is it white or is it purple? Nobody could decide. It was a huge, huge, huge fight. Same thing. I can't decide myself. The employee decided to drop the conversation. The employee wasn't stupid. The employee knew that the manager had power over them, so they were just going to leave it alone. You know what? I'm going to go check on the hamburgers. And off they went. So the manager's there, hanging out, waiting for the bell to ring so she can take someone's order. And all of a sudden, folks, there is a face in the window over at the drive-thru. She's like, what the hell? How did this person sneak up? So she walks over there, and the guy's just standing there. There's not even a car around, folks. This idiot is in the drive-thru without a car. And he kind of looks a little junkied out. So she doesn't open up the window, but she's like, sir, you need to be in a car. He's like, I ain't got a car. She's like, what do you need? And he said, I want a Whopper. Sir, this is not Burger King. This is McDonald's. He's like, I know. I want a Whopper. But sir, you have to go to Burger King to get the Whopper. No, I'm here at McDonald's and I want my Whopper. Of course, the manager, folks, she recognized the Floridian logic in going to McDonald's and ordering a Whopper. And she knew, folks, there is no point in arguing with a Floridian when they start down that rabbit hole. So she's like, Ugh, I ain't got time for this clown. Sir, you need to go away. You can't be standing there. That's for cars. He's like, I want my Whopper. You ain't getting a Whopper here. This is McDonald's. Folks, Michael Jordan was not in a good place right now. He was strung out on something. He couldn't even remember what he was on, but he was really pissed off. He had just been arguing with some friends about Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform versus a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, and all his idiot junkie friends, they all thought Tom Brady's ass looked better in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. Michael, though, folks, Michael was a purist. Tom Brady's ass had been running around the football field in a New England Patriots uniform for a long, long, long time, and that's where it looked best. And so he was already teed off, folks, 
when he decided he wanted a Whopper and he was going to McDonald's to go get one. And this stupid chick on the other side of that window, she wasn't going to give him that damn Whopper. And he was not going to take no for an answer. So he just started to punch those windows. Bam, bam, bam. She's like, oh, my freaking God, what the hell? He's like, bam, bam, bam. And suddenly, folks, boom, he broke the window. She's like, ah, frag guy, frag guy, call 911, call Popo. Which are words, folks, she never thought would ever come out of her mouth, but she did it anyway. And Michael Jordan, folks, no, not the basketball player, he broke those windows and he ripped them open. And he got them open. And then, folks, he hoists himself through the window and he starts crawling through like the freaking Terminator coming to get her. She's like, ah, what the hell? But she's frozen there, folks. She is literally frozen in place watching this junkie break and then crawl through the window. And he's like, ah, and then he falls to the ground. And let's face it, folks, the last place you want to be laying down is on the floor of a McDonald's, especially, folks, especially in Pinellas Park, Florida. That is disgusting. But he's down there, and she's standing there frozen. The guy, the gal, the non-binary folk that's working with her, they're already on the phone with 911. And Michael Jordan stands up, and he beelines for that female manager. And he's grabbing her, and he's pushing her, and he's shoving her. I want my Whopper. I want my Whopper. I want my Whopper. She's like, ah! This is McDonald's, seriously. Ah. Luckily, folks, luckily for the manager, there's a Krispy Kreme right next door. So when Popo got the 911 call, they just walked on over. And the employee ran over and let the Popo in, something he or she or they never thought they would do, open the door and welcome Popo. And these three police officers, who had literally, folks, been sitting next door enjoying Krispy Kreme donuts, and a couple of delicious cups of coffee that they wished were deliciously chilled glasses of white Zinfandel with two ice cubes. They would get that after their shift ended. But you got the police there now, and Michael Jordan is still manhandling this poor female manager. Popo's like, hey, what you doing? Michael stops attacking the female manager. Female manager's like, ah! She falls to the floor. And let's face it, folks, that is a disgusting floor, but she still was like, ah, ah, ah. Right, she was exhausted. That was an exhausting shake that she had just been through with Michael Jordan. So Michael turned to the Popo. Now, now, folks, there were three of them. Michael came over that counter. What you want, Popo? Popo's like, what is going on here? He's like, I came to the drive-thru and I tried to order a Whopper and that dumb chick back there, she wouldn't give me one. Popo's like, sir, this is McDonald's. Guy's like, I know, I want a freaking Whopper. Those three Popo folks, They're police officers in Florida. They, too, knew about Floridian logic. They just let that go. Sir, did you break that window and crawl in and attack that woman? Because that's what it looks like here. Hell yeah, I did. I wanted a Whopper. Dumb beep wouldn't give me one. Popo's like, sir, we're going to have to arrest you for assault. Michael Jordan's like, huh, come try. So the Popo did. So what do you think Michael Jordan did? Michael, folks, Michael was not quite a ninja but he had ninja-like tendencies. And he was, folks, he was fighting off three Popo at one time. And while they were doing it, he was punching them. He was roughing them up a bit. And on top of that, to add insult to injury, beating up on Popo, he's spitting on him, folks. Hurling loogies at the Popo while they're trying to fight him. Popo, folks, is just, they're to the point now, they feel like those cops from Kid Rock's big-ass honky-tonk and rock and roll steakhouse over in Nashville, Tennessee, Those two poor officers that were sprayed with the content from that guy's colostomy bag, that's what they're starting to feel like now. Not only are they beaten and bruised, but they've got loogies all over them. So one pup was like, I'm going to tase this SOB. 
takes his taser out. Zzz, nothing, folks. Michael Jordan is still standing. Michael's like, ha, nothing. Second cop pulls out his taser because they're not like guns, folks. You get like one shot and they just give you a little zap. But Popo, folks, is terrified of shooting a black man, even in Florida. So the second Popo takes out his taser. Zzz, nothing. Michael Jordan's standing there. Come on, Popo. Who's your daddy? He is insulting those Popo. Third cop takes out his taser, turns it all the way up. Zzz, nothing. Michael Jordan, and that's Michael with a dash in the middle of Michael. Michael Jordan, after three tases, is still standing, folks. And so one turns to the other and goes, do we just shoot the SOB? No, 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 no. You can't shoot a black guy in Florida. I thought we couldn't shoot white people. Well, you know, the whole BLM thing. We just can't shoot them just yet. We got to wait a little while longer. Oh, okay. So they wound up, folks, they just had to tackle them, all three of them. It took three popo from the Pinellas Park Police Department to cuff this guy and get him under arrest, get him under control. The tasers didn't work. They couldn't shoot him. This having to tackle this guy and take him down, they're probably going to get in a little bit of trouble with the civil rights activists because you're not supposed to lay a finger on a BIPOC folk if you were Popo. That gets you in a lot of trouble, even if it's a junkie BIPOC folk who will not go down with the taser. But they get him, get those cuffs on him, and get him arrested. And, and folks, they broke a record in the state of Florida. Four felonies, folks. Unheard of in the state of Florida. And to add insult to injury for Michael Jordan, they gave him the highest bond ever recorded in the state of Florida in their history. $155,000. So white boy Malcolm X, what do you think of that story, sir? Do you think I got it pretty close, fairly close to what actually went down in that McDonald's. Mostly. <laughs> that is your stock answer, sir. But hey, I will take it. It's supposed to be a short podcast, and I have absolutely no idea what we are running up against at this point. So on that note, folks, since I cannot top a junkie freak busting through a McDonald's drive through window because he wants a Whopper and who cannot be taken down by three tasers, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Sunday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, of course, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a great start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. <laughs>
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.